Thank you for downloading our podcast today. We hope this message is a blessing to you. For more information about Revolution, check us out at therevolutionchurch.com. Enjoy the message. You know, I wanted to start a new series today. In this series, it, the inspiration for the series came as a result of uh, my, I was just sitting outside and just, just thinking about the Lord and His goodness. And for some reason, I found myself thinking and meditating on uh, what Jesus did on the cross and, and everything that led up to the cross, the, the beating, the suffering, the rejection, the humiliation, all of the things that Jesus suffered. I want you to stop and think about this for a second, okay? The King of Kings, Lord of Lords, he lays his life down freely he goes through this incredible, intense suffering. He has to experience the pain of whipping like we talked about through communion. He has to experience the pain of nails being put in his hand. He has to experience the pain of nails putting into his feet. He has to experience the humiliation of being naked. Most historians say that Jesus is actually stripped of all of his clothing. He, he had to experience the humiliation of his face being disfigured, the Bible says from not being from all the whipping and all the scourging he had to experience all of that stuff and hanging on the cross he says father forgive them for they don't know what they're doing let that sink in today how did he do that how in the world did he have the presence of mind to go through all of that suffering all of that pain, all of that humiliation, and then he utters those famous words, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. This is amazing. Listen, don't just sit there and say, well, he was God. Listen, the Bible says, or not the Bible, the, the, when, in Bible school, I was taught the, uh, this word, it's called the hypostatic union. And what that means, Jesus was as much God as he was a man, and he was as much man as he was God. He endured this as a man for you and I, even though he was Jesus, our Lord and Savior. It's, it's mind-boggling. It really is. It's mind-boggling that in the presence of all of that suffering and humiliation, he says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I want this to sink in today. Because I just believe that as we study today, as we launch this new series on forgiveness, that today, I just believe that we're, we're going to learn a secret, a secret to understanding forgiveness, a secret to walking in forgiveness. I'm just going to call this message today, The Secret. And I just really believe that God is going to bless our time together and give us revelation knowledge today on how we can walk in forgiveness or even walk in greater forgiveness with anybody that's hurt us. Come on, let's pray. Join your faith with me. Come on, let's lock in. I just believe this is going to be a life-changing day in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for your word. We thank you for the opportunity to share your word. Holy Spirit, I ask you to speak through me. I ask you, Holy Spirit, for the hearers to be ready to hear. Lord, and I ask for a spirit of forgiveness to come upon all of us, Lord God, that we would understand this 
and walk in a greater measure of your forgiveness for our lives, Lord, like never before. And so, Father, we just thank you. We give you honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Listen, we can all talk about stories of how people have hurt us, people have offended us. I hear about them all the time. You could probably hear mine all the time. So it's true. Every single one of us have had the opportunities to be hurt. As I say this, I know a lot of us are just thinking right now. We're scrolling our memories. We're going through our, 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 our mindsets and we're saying, yep, yep, that happened to me. Yep, that happened to me there, whatever. I can, I can do the exact same thing. We all have been hurt. We've all been offended, okay? And here's the reason why that happens. One, because we live in a fallen world. And two, look what Jesus says here in John 17, verse 1. Jesus says to his disciples, listen, it's impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to him through who they do come. He says here, it's impossible. He says offenses are going to come. And because we live in this fallen world, we live with people who are people. Come on, somebody. People are just people, right? We're going to experience opportunities to get hurt, opportunities to be offended. Have you ever uh, had the opportunity to be offended? Have you, been, have you had the opportunity to be offended today? Come on. We have all been faced with the gruesome opportunity of offense. And offense is gruesome. Every single one, one of us have faced it. But here's the question. What are we doing with it? Especially right now. In these past three months, I have never experienced a human race that is so short-tempered, that has such a small tolerance for the, the dumbest thing. Come on, I just, I'm, even in myself, I'm, I'm just not pointing it to anybody else. I'm examining myself. The, 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 my wick has been short, like your wick has been short, and, and dealing with all this uncertainty and all the unknown, it's getting to all of us. And, and, and you know, opportunities come to be short and to be curt and to, and to receive something the wrong way. You know, we, we, we were in the middle of, of a, a business transaction before the pandemic started, and it took three to four times longer to close that transaction because of the pandemic and because of all of the changes, I'd never experienced anything like that. It was one of the most laborious, it was one of the most difficult processes that I've ever been through. And I cannot tell you how many times I was resisting the opportunity to get mad at people because of how long it was taking them to get things done and, and how slow they were. And one obstacle after another, after another, it was crazy and the shortness of the people that I was talking to. I can only imagine what some of you guys have been experiencing this time when you're, you're in small quarters and you're, you've been around the same people day in and day out, 24-7. You say to yourself, ah, I have to get out of the house and go do something. Well, where are you going to go? Our good friends of ours, they said, we're taking the weekend off. And, and they, drove, they drove off up north and everything was closed. Where are they going to go? right? We're all in this situation together. You want to talk about having opportunities to get over offense, opportunities to deal with offense. Mindsets are changing right before our eyes. 
false accusations, uh, uh, belief systems being challenged before our eyes. It's amazing the opportunities for offense that are right in front of us right now. And I just hear the Lord saying, now is the time to really understand and live in forgiveness. And today I want to talk about the secret of forgiveness. I want you to know this word offense, this word offense in the Greek means this. It means scandalon. It's where we get the word scandal, okay? And when you break it down in the Greek, it actually means this, a trap or to be ensnared in a trap. That's what hurt does. That's what offense does. It traps us. It puts us in a trap and we can't get out. And we don't realize that we're trapped. Most of the time, we don't even realize that we are entrapped until it's too late. I think about a time, some of you heard this story when I was in the eighth grade. The eighth grade for me was probably the worst year of school for me ever. In the beginning of that year, you know, it was hard. As an immigrant, you heard the story. We were Italians and still learning the culture, living right there in peanut butter and jelly uh, America, trying to understand the culture, trying to understand how everybody operated. So I really didn't have a lot of friends. And I had a few friends at, at junior high school. We had just moved. So it was my first year at this junior high school in eighth grade. And it was rough. It was really, really hard. We were trying to figure it all out, you know. And so, but I did have a girlfriend. That was the bright spot in my life. I had a girlfriend and she lived in New Jersey. So I lived in Michigan. She lived in New Jersey and, and I met her at youth camp. And so I was in love, man. I mean, she was my escape. I was in this junior high where people were mean and I didn't have any friends and I was trying to figure stuff out. I, I was going through life with a chip on my shoulder because as an immigrant, everybody I thought was against me, right? But I had this girlfriend in another state and it was awesome. And I just had this wonderful desire to write her a letter. That's how we did. We wrote snail mail back in those days, all right? And I don't know how this happened, but I found a green pen and I wrote the most ushy, gushiest, mushiest letter, love letter you could ever imagine. To this day, I don't think I've ever written anything that ushy, gushy, and mushy. Sorry, Jeannie. Okay, I just, this, this experience really got me, okay? So, but... So I wrote the letter and I had every intention of mailing it on the way to school that morning because on the way to school, there was one of those old uh, uh, standalone mailboxes and it was right there, right by the school. So I figured, hey, I put the letter in my back pocket addressed to my girlfriend and I was going to walk by the mailbox, drop it in there and head to school for that day, right? It was a rainy day. I forgot why got to class and uh, sitting in class, just getting ready to start that first period. And the, in the class, the, the wing that I was in, there were probably six classrooms down this wing and, the, and they were all glass windows. So you could literally see other students, okay? It was just, that was very transparent. And so I remember sitting in class and just, you know, getting ready to start and, and we could see through our windows into the class on the other side of the hallway, all this, this commotion. And there was like 60 kids in that class and they were all looking into our classroom and they were huddled around one of the only friends that I had in that school, okay? And, 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 and they were just, now they were pointing at our classroom and we were trying to figure out what they were pointing to. And, and then I realized they were all pointing at me. So I'm sitting in the class looking over 
my class is now starting, what are they laughing? They're all looking at me. I got this other class looking at me. And then one of the greatest horrors that have ever happened in my life happened. The friend, the, one of the only friends that I had in that school, who I thought was a friend, had my letter in her hand. And she was holding, you could still see the green ink from my classroom. And she was holding it up. And she was reading this ushy, gushy, mushy letter to her whole class. I got to tell you something. I was mortified. I was, I, I, it's one of those moments when you, you literally feel the blood, the blood leaving you from here, like all the way down, like, oh my gosh, what just happened to me? You hear that ringing in your head, you know, when you're in a moment. And I just kept thinking, this is one of the most humiliating things that has ever happened to me. And it happened from somebody who was one of my only friends in that school. Friends, listen, I had a chip on my shoulder as it was being an immigrant. But after that day, the humiliation, the rejection, all of, of that, uh, uh, that betrayal that I experienced that day, the chip on my shoulder went to another level. It was one of the worst years of my life going to that school. It, was, it, it felt like the whole year, this is all anybody ever wanted to talk about, was that dumb letter. I had an opportunity to be offended. And here's what happened. Here's what happened. Let me read this to you. Proverbs 18 and 19. I want you to see what happens when we allow hurt and offense to get into us. Look what it says here. Proverbs 18, verse 19. It says, it's harder to win back the friendship of an offended brother than to capture a fortified city. His anger shuts you out like iron bars. That's exactly what happened to me. I was so angry. I was so hurt. I, was, I felt so rejected. I didn't want to go to that school anymore. I felt so bullied. And even when they were trying to be nice to me, when they were trying to reach out to me after the incident happened, okay, I wouldn't let them in. I had these walls up. Come on, somebody. They were, and it was like I was behind bars. Have you ever been thrown in jail? You're behind bars. It really stinks. But it says here, it's easier to take a fortified city, a city with walls, than to restore somebody or to restore a friend. Why? Because when we get hurt, what happens is this. We build these walls up. And these walls, we build them to protect ourselves. Okay, and then in this protection, we think that we're okay and I'm going to survive behind these walls and I'm going to be I'm going to be able to live okay now. Nobody's going to get in here to hurt me anymore. And so in your mind, you think that works, but in reality, it doesn't because you not only leave or you not only hold out the bad people, but when you have walls in your life, you don't allow the good people in your life. Here's the deal. Everybody suffers in your life when you throw up walls. You suffer because you're not able to have the kind of relationships or the freedom that you're supposed to have. The people who are trying to make it right suffer because they can't get through to you because you won't let them get through to you. And all the good people in your life, they can't get in there because they can see you have walls and you never have the kind of relationship that you're supposed to have because the walls are there. 
It's so real. I've had it happen to me. You've had it happen to you. I know I'm talking to some people and you have walls up in your life right now. God, he is imploring us today to drop those walls, to allow people in. And we're going to do it by understanding the secret today. What was Jesus' secret? We're going to find out what that looks like here today. But when you have walls up like this, it can, it can come or offense or hurt. It can come in ways that kind of look like this. Like in my situation, it can involve betrayal. Somebody that you trusted dearly. Like my friend just betrayed me. I've had people in my adult life shockingly betray me. You've had people betray you. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't. What, it, what does it do? It makes us put up walls. We've been falsely accused, right? Have you been falsely accused, right? I, this is the worst. This is absolutely the worst being falsely accused and people, people uh, making up stories about you or people reading into things. I absolutely hate this one more than all of the others. Okay. You're, you're living your life. You're making certain decisions and people that don't know you, they don't know your heart. They don't know the background of the situations. They just sit on the sideline and they judge and they hurl insults and they make false accusations against you. I hate it. You hate it too. It's been done to you. It's been done to me. What does this do? It makes us put up walls. What about this one? What about being rejected? Feeling rejection. What, is, what happens when we feel rejected? We put up walls. We don't let people in. We don't let ourselves out. What about being abused? Have you ever been abused verbally, mentally, sexually? We're living in an age of abuse. This is the reason why we have to understand how to forgive. I did some research and I found out this is, this is shocking that one in three women say they've been sexually abused. That's just unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And our one in five men have been sexually abused. It's just so unacceptable. But I can understand why we put up walls. I can understand why we, we're not letting anybody in. I can understand why we, we want to be in a survival situation because of that. And ultimately, it leads to this, this last one, which is humiliation. We've all been humiliated. I was humiliated that day. You've been humiliated up over situations. Humiliation leads to depression, leads to anxiety. It leads to the desire to not want to live life. Yeah, putting up walls. This is what happens when we get offended. Friends, there's a secret. There's an absolute secret here that I'm going to share with you that I really believe is going to help set us free today. Come on. Would you? I'm challenging you today. I am challenging you today that if you feel like you've got walls up because you've been hurt or you've been offended, I'm challenging you today to allow this secret to help change the situation around. Let me tell you the first thing I want you to understand is this. That all of those things that I just listed out, betrayal, falsely accused, being rejected, being abused, being humiliated, these were the exact same things that Jesus experienced that day when he said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I want you to think about this. Our Lord, our Savior, come on, he was betrayed. 
He was betrayed by people that he gave his life to. He was betrayed by people that he protected, that he provided for, that he shared his deepest thoughts and deepest concerns with. He was betrayed. He was falsely accused. Think about that. All the false accusations he had to go through when he was on trial in that that stupid hamstrung trial that Jesus was in. False accusation after another false accusation. Those people that were falsely accusing, they didn't know him. They didn't know his heart. They didn't know his mission. Come on. He was rejected. When he needed his friends the most, his friends abandoned him. He was abused. Nobody, no human being should go through the abuse that Jesus went through. That he willingly put himself in for that period of time. His suffering. Stripes on his back, carrying the cross, nails in his wrists and his feet, stabbed in the side. Come on, thorns on his head, bleeding profusely, hung on a cross in his humiliation. Nobody should be able to deal with that. But yet he did. And in the middle of all this, he has this ability to say, Father, forgive him. They don't know what they're doing. There's a secret here. And I believe this. Now, how was Jesus able to go through this? I'll get to that in a second. But I want to show you why. Why did Jesus allow himself these these things to happen to him? The, the, The betrayal, being falsely accused, rejected, abused, humiliated. Why did Jesus allow this? What I'm going to read to you is so amazing. I need you to let this sink in. Why Jesus put himself in this capacity. Hebrews 2.17 through 18 says this. Just let these words sink into your heart today. And friend, I'm going to tell you something. If you're watching and you don't know my Jesus, you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about right now. My prayer for you is that you come to know him like we've come to know him because he did something for you and I. He did something for all humanity that we should never, ever forget. Hebrews 2, 17 through 18 says this. It is obvious, of course, that he didn't go to all this trouble for angels. Jesus didn't go through all that suffering, that humiliation, the rejection, being falsely accused, being betrayed. He didn't go through that to save heaven. He didn't go through this to save the angels. But it was for people like us, children of Abraham. That's why he had to enter into every detail of human life. Then, when he came before God as high priest to get rid of the people's sins, he would have already experienced it all himself. Get a hold of the gravity of this. That he would have experienced all of the humiliation, all the rejection, all the abuse, all the pain, all the things that you and I go through, that Jesus himself would have experienced these same things himself. That's why he did what he did. That's why he allowed himself to go through this. Come on, somebody. He experienced it all himself, all the pain, all the testing. And he would be able to help 
where help was needed. You got to get a hold of this, you guys. You got to get a hold of this. Jesus had to experience the rejection, the pain, the betrayal, the humiliation. So that's why he could help us. Listen, the Bible says when Jesus was raised from the dead, he took the sin of the world upon himself and he remitted them forever, once and for all. And the Bible says he stands before the Father interceding on our behalf. And here's what I believe he's doing, you guys. That when you feel betrayed and you're dealing with all that hurt and all that anxiety, Jesus is in heaven and he's saying, oh, dad, dad, father, We've got to help them. I know what that felt like. We've got to find a way to help Judy, who's been betrayed. We've got to help a way. We have to find a way to help Dino, who's felt rejected. We've got to find a way to help this person who's felt humiliated. Come on, are you guys getting this? So when the Bible says that Jesus is making intercession for us, he's, he's, he's trying to figure out a way to heal the pain. He's trying to figure out a way to correct situations in our life because he experienced them. He knows what it feels like. I, I can hear him saying to the fellow, oh, what, what Dino is going through in that rejection right now, I felt that one. That's very real. I felt that pain. We have to find a way to help Dino in his own pain right now. This is the Jesus we serve this is why he did what he did this is why he went through all that he went through he did it for you and me he did it because he loves us and he doesn't he didn't want us to go through these things this my friends is what makes jesus qualified to help us with the secret that I'm going to share with you right now that I believe is the thing that helped Jesus and I really believe is the thing that's going to help us to overcome our hurt and our pain and help us to overcome areas of our life that we're still holding on to resentment and bitterness where we really need to experience forgiveness or forgiving others. It's comforting to know that that's why Jesus went through what he went through so he could completely identify with you and me. He, he feels the rejection you feel. He feels the abuse you feel. He feels the betrayal that you feel. He's behind those walls with you, the walls that we erect. He's behind that wall with you right now right now but he's inviting you to come free he's inviting you to open the door open that prison door and to come free he's inviting you to forgive he's inviting you to live in forgiveness and to be free of offense man i hope i hope this is is ministering to somebody here today here's the secret it's so simple. I've been studying the Bible all these years, and I never saw what I'm about to show you today. It's found in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. 
It's, it's literally what Jesus said when he was hanging on the cross. This is what he said. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they don't know, they don't know what they are doing. Here's what I want you to see. Notice it doesn't say, I forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Friends, here's the secret. No man, you or me, or even Jesus, can forgive in our own strength. The strength of our forgiveness and the source of our forgiveness has to come from the Father. Jesus said, Father, Father. Here's the secret right here. This is the secret. The Father. The secret is the Father. We were never supposed to forgive in our own strength. We weren't designed to forgive in our own strength. Like Jesus, Jesus had to lean on the Father. Come on, is somebody getting this? Jesus had to lean on the Father first. Then he could say, forgive them. And if we want to finally be free of any bitterness, any resentment, any unforgiveness, then today I'm challenging you to finally pour yourself out to the Father. Find your strength in Father. Then we find ourselves saying, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Let me, let me, let me just let you in on something that's so interesting. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he talked about going to the Father. It was a radical, radical idea because nobody saw God as Father. They saw Him as judge. They saw Him as ruler. They saw Him as the Old Testament. They, they saw Him as, if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you get bad. They saw that if you didn't do all of the Ten Commandments, then you some kind of suffering got visited on you and on your family. That's what they knew. And Jesus shows up in His ministry, and He starts talking about the Father. Pray to the Father. At the very beginning of his ministry, he starts talking about the Father. It was radical. It was a new concept, a new idea. And here's what's so interesting. At the beginning of his ministry, he started with the Father. And right here, his very last breath, hanging on the cross, he ends with Father. Come on, isn't this beautiful? He's showing us something here today. That the strength of our getting over offense or hurt or offering forgiveness to somebody else is not going to come from you. It's going to come from the Father. And I personally believe this, that as we do exactly as Jesus did, and find ourselves spending time with the Father. 
Daddy. Abba. The Bible calls him Abba, Father. That's who he is to you and I. Abba. Abba, God. It's like saying, Daddy. Daddy. Like little children will say, Daddy. That's who we go to to walk in the forgiveness that we're all looking for right now. Friends, I know what I'm sharing with you today is so simple, but yet it's profound. How do you see Father? How do you see Dad? How do you see Abba? He's with you right now to help you overcome whatever it is that you need overcome. Here's what I want to, I want to pray for anyone right now that you're struggling with any kind of bitterness, resentment, you're living behind the walls and something so simple has just been delivered to us to help free us. I want to reintroduce you or to remind you of who the Father is in our life. He is the one that will help pull the walls down. He is the one that will help heal the humiliation. He is the one, listen, that will help us to do exactly what Jesus did when he said, they don't know what they're doing. The Father will help us and help you to see past the hurt, past what they did, past the offense, just like Jesus had to look past all of it. The Father will help you to do it just like he helped Jesus. This is what true freedom is all about when we're talking about living in uh, freedom and living free of offense, living free of unforgiveness. Wherever you are right now, if that's you, I wanna pray with you right now that God would just set us free of any kind of bitterness, any kind of resentment that we might have in our heart right now to anybody, anybody in your life. Just pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for anyone watching right now. I ask you to heal their heart. Father, I ask you, make yourself known to them. Make yourself so known to them that they would Feel the love of the Father. Feel the presence of the Father. Feel and know you like never before and find strength, Lord, to overcome any offense. Strength to look past the one that's hurt them. Strength to look past the issue. Strength to look past whatever it is that is the obstacle. So Father, we just thank you. I ask you to, to allow your healing power to go forth right now. New vigor, new vitality. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I just believe, man, I just believe people are getting free right now. Getting free right now. And why? The Father is freeing you. Come on. The Father is freeing you. Get to know the Father in a fresh, new way. And if you're watching today and you say, man, I have never heard these things. I've never knew that Jesus did these things for me. I don't know Jesus like you're talking about right now. Right now, I want to invite you to have a life-giving relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can do that just by inviting him into your life. I want to invite you to do that right now. If you're watching, you said, Pastor Dino, I have never 
prayed to invite Jesus into my life, let's do it right now. Come on, just pray a simple prayer like to say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. Make me a new person. Help me to be free and to be all that I am called to be. In Jesus' name, amen. It's that simple. Hopefully this message was encouraging to you. And if it was, tell a friend. And thank you for your generosity. Your generosity enables us to send the message of God's unchanging love all around the world. For more information on how to give or about the ministry, visit us at therevolutionchurch.com. We'll see you right back here next week.